neighbor, you are listening to the New Garden Church podcast, and we are so glad you're here. Our church meets at 10 a.m. at DuPont Tyler Middle School in Hermitage, Tennessee. You can join us in person, or you can catch our gatherings after the fact on our YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you. In 2022, we are studying the Bible together through the lens of our theme, Life is a Garden. We hope that you enjoy what you hear today and check back in with us again soon. One more note, this week we met outside, so as you're listening to this podcast, there will be a lot of background noise, so we apologize for uh, any distraction that might cause and the the poor uh, quality, but we still think that there's good news to be shared, so we are uploading it anyways. Hope you have a great week. If you have your Bible or you have an app on your phone, you want to turn it to Matthew 17. That's where we'll be in a minute. First question. Um, who in here has been to Colorado? You people? Colorado. Awesome. Okay, so my first trip to Colorado, I guess, was uh, early college. I did like a hiking trip called Trek. And then the, the next time I went, I think it was like a snowboarding trip. But... Our, I thought it was that Tater. Katie Soki, who was Katie Fee uh, when I met her. For some reason, um, well, I was her student minister growing up for many years. And for some reason, I don't know if it was her parents felt bad for me. I was young, I was single, I didn't have you know a whole lot of friends, didn't have any money. And so they would invite me on their summer vacation. To Colorado, and so like for three years, they would we would go out to like Estes Park, in Colorado, and I'd have my own room. They usually get like a cabin by one one was like by a river. You could open the window and hear the river right behind you know. And I got to take naps. It was awesome. They took us horseback riding. Um, but it was the first time that I was able to hike up to like the Continental Divide and just. You can just see forever. And I had never really experienced just that freedom of the mountains. And uh, one year, not only did we experience that, but they also took us rafting on the Colorado River. And so, you know, I had been out here, like Hiawassee and other rivers, places, Ocoee, yeah, which those are fun. But like, this was serious business because the Colorado River in some places it's class like three, some class four rapids, and they're like, put your helmet on, get your life jacket, you fall out, here's what you do not to die. And so they put you in a raft, and you're with, you know, the guide, and you're with these other people. And they build it up like, listen, if something goes wrong, you need to be listening to see what happens next. And so it was this, uh, it was like this dichotomy, this, this paradigm between being up on the mountain, right, and having this experience of, man, God, is the God of the mountain, this creator who, when you look out, you see the, the weather, and you see just all the stuff he's made, and just it's just so awesome, and you just want to, you know, sing praises, you know, to God how awesome he is. And then you leave the mountain, and you get down into the raft, and you're you're among the water, and it's raging, and you're going through these turns, and the the guide is yelling, and you're like trying to you know, listen, and you're like praying at times, like for fear of your life. And in those moments, you're like, God, I need you to be. Not only the God of the mountain, but the God of the moment, you know, of my greatest need, like right now. 
And um, and the good news is, is he is. He is the God of the mountain, and he is the God of the moment. And so what I want to look today is a story that kind of presents that. That, that the God that we serve um, and the, the Son who is God came. He, he is that for us wherever we are. So we've been going through this series called Life as a Garden. And we've been tracking kind of garden metaphors, garden imagery throughout the Bible. Um, we spent a lot of time in the Garden of Eden, kind of the setup story of how God creates this good world. He, he creates humanity to be a partner with Him and ruling this world that He's made, to be in, in perfect relationship with Him, with each other, with the world, like all things are good. Page three, humans reach out and take wisdom for their own ends, and they face the consequences of those decisions. But from that point on, the story sets up this uh, this person that we're waiting for, the, the person who's going to crush the head of the serpent. And so you turn the page, and Cain and Abel see the woman, it's going to be one of these guys. No, you know, Cain crushes somebody, but it's not the serpent. It's his brother. It's not going to be them. Um, you, you flip forward, we look at Noah. Noah, Savior, he creates this, this, uh, this boat, which saves you know, humanity out of the chaos waters, but it turns out it's not going to be Noah. We looked at Abraham, how Abraham goes up on this high mountain and binds his son, willing to offer his own son because God asked him to. And God says, now I know that you believe that your faith is strong, but I'm not going to ask that of you uh, fully. But it turns out it's not going to be Abraham. But it's going to be a person from Abraham's line. So the rest of the story is about Abraham's family, um, the Israelites. And, and so last week we looked at Moses. And this guy who um, who is saved again through the ark, through the waters, he ends up meeting God on a high mountain, Mount Horeb, in this burning bush. And God says, "You're going to be my guy to deliver my people." And so we look at Moses. Moses seems like a great guy, but ultimately he fails. He's not even able to get to the promised land. And so the story continues. We don't have time to look at David, look at Solomon, look at all of these other people in the Old Testament. Um, but we're going to fast forward to Jesus. Okay. So Matthew, uh, Matthew's account, Matthew starts off his gospel, this, this good news of this, uh, this, this person, Jesus, and he says he's the son of David, he is the Messiah, he is Emmanuel, he's God with us, he is, he's ticking all of the boxes of all the expectations of what we've been wanting in this, this person um, that is to be the fulfillment. And so Matthew is presenting it like this is him. He, he presents Jesus as a new Moses. Jesus gets up on a, a high place and he gives his new law, the Sermon on the Mount. And even Matthew breaks up his gospel account into kind of five sections, like the Genesis, And so he's presenting Jesus as this person, fulfillment of this person. He starts healing and teaching. He gives the kingdom ethic, and then he gives how that works out in people's lives for healing and comfort and uh, and. Uh, relational uh, equity amongst other people. And, and But people are, there's a response. Some people say, yes, he is the Messiah. Some people say, I'm not sure. And some people say, no, he is not. And so about midway through the Gospel of Matthew, we kind of start hearing these lingering questions of who is this Jesus? Who is he the one? And so in Matthew chapter 16, which the wind is blown my Bible to Micah, that would be a different sermon. Um, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus takes his uh, disciples. 
to Caesarea Philippi. He asked them a question about who do, you, who do people say I am? They say, oh, you know, Elijah, one of the prophets, maybe John the Baptist, who knows? And he says, okay, who do you say I am? And Peter gives his response, you're the Christ. You're the one, you're the Messiah, the anointed one. We've been waiting for it. Jesus says, yes, you're right. But here's what's going to happen. It's not going to happen maybe like you think. I'm actually going to go and be that suffering servant that Isaiah prophesied about. I'm going to give up my life. And Peter can't figure this out. He's like, no, 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 Jesus. That's not how it works. Okay, you, you're come, you come to be the king, to conquer, to kick the Romans out, to be this victorious guy. That's not how it works. And Jesus sets him straight, right? And get behind me saying, you don't have the things in mind that God has, you've got the things that man has. And then he waits a few days. It says in, in chapter 17, six days later, which if you think back into Exodus 24, which we talked about Moses last week, Moses, he waits six days before he ascends up on the mountain to meet with God. And so Matthew's given us, again, another picture of, hey, this is a, a Moses figure who's waiting to go up to meet with God on a high place. So after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John. So he's got witnesses to what's about to happen. And he led them up on a high mountain by themselves. So again, if you remember all the places that we've looked at so far, you've got Eden, which is, is supposed to be set on this high mountain where the water flows down into all the other places. You've got Noah, who lands on Mount Ararat, the mountain of curse that he turns into blessing. You've got Abraham going up to Mount Moriah to find his son. You've got uh, Moses going up Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai to meet with God give out the law. Later, you got David uh, claiming Mount Zion as the place where God shall rule and reign. you got Elijah who goes to the Mount Horeb who has this encounter with God. All these high places that, that are reflections of the garden in the beginning. And now you have Jesus taking these guys up this high mountain. And so we expect something special is going to happen. And Jesus was transfigured before them. Now, this is one of my favorite Greek words. It's where we get the word metamorphosis. It only occurs a few times in the New Testament in all of the, the three Gospels talking about Jesus' transfiguration. Um, but it also talks about us as we renew our minds and we're trans transformed into his image. And Paul will later say that we're transfigured like the, the veil that, that Moses wore. But it's this idea of Jesus, his image reveals something. It's like Clark Kent's you know, pulling his shirt apart, the buttons break, and the Superman symbol shines through, and it's like, yes, that, that's who he actually is. It's not a reflection. Jesus is not the moon reflecting the glory of the sun. He is the sun, revealing himself that the glory is coming from within me. And so he's transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. His garments became as white as light. And then... Who appeared? Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with Jesus. In Luke's account, or in Mark's account, it actually says that what they were talking about. They were talking to Jesus about his departure, which is in Greek the word exodus. And so I just imagine Jesus and Moses talking about the exodus. Moses like, I know a thing or two about, about Exodus. Let me tell you about how I helped deliver the people, you know. And Jesus is like, I know Moses. That was great. This is a different kind of Exodus. This is a, an Exodus from the slavery to sin and slavery 
death. But you have helped set the people free from their bondage to Egypt. And I am that representative who are going to set all people free from the thing that, that hurts all people, sin and death. So they're talking to him. So imagine Peter, who just a few days earlier had said, Jesus, you're going to be the guy. God's going to do great things for you. Through you. You're going to be the king. And all of a sudden, he sees Moses and Elijah. I don't know if they had like name tags on as who they were, but he's like, oh man, this is the moment. Right? Jesus has come in, in like his glory. And so Peter, he, he figures out, hey God, Jesus, this is good that we're here. Listen, if you want, I can make three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. I think what Peter is thinking is, is this is the moment. Moses and Elijah are here to stay. Jesus is here to stay. He's going to become king. Everybody's going to recognize he's in the power of Moses and Elijah. Like, this is the moment. But what Peter doesn't know is that Jesus' ultimate return to glory is going to be that one day when he returns on the day of judgment. But right now, he's working different. And so Jesus doesn't have to say anything because while Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed him. Now again, if you think back, you think about um, Moses, when he takes the people to Mount Sinai, what's above the mountain that descends on the mountain is the cloud. It's the cloud that led them through the wilderness. Uh, when Solomon dedicates the temple, there's this cloud of glory over the temple that then descends into the temple. Like everybody has to leave because they can't see what's going on. This Shekinah glory, this cloud of God. So it's like God shows up in this moment. And a voice comes from the cloud and says, This is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So again, if you think about Jesus' uh, baptism, same voice, similar words, but now, I think God is like Peter. All of these ideas of how, how life should work. You, you've got Moses that you've been listening to all your life. You've got Elijah listening to all your life. They, they, they were people that I used. But ultimately, Jesus is the voice that I want you to listen to. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they fell down on the ground, they're terrified. Jesus came to them, touched them, and said, hey, get up, do not be afraid. When they raised their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus alone. When they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them to tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. And they asked him, hey, why do the scribes say Elijah was the first one? He said, Elijah is coming. And he'll restore all things. But I say to you, Elijah already They did not recognize him. But then they held whatever they wanted to correct. So also the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. The disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. So we got this moment on the mountain where the disciples, at least three of them, they, they see the glory of Jesus being revealed to them. John, when he writes his gospel, um, he He's going to start out giving us the introduction. And he says, uh, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw His glory. Glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. When Peter writes a letter, he says, Hey, we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. 
for when we when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such a declaration as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this declaration made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So Peter and John are both reflecting on this moment where they got to see the God of the mountain. They got to see the God who revealed his glory. They got to see that Jesus, he is this one that since Genesis chapter 3, we've been waiting for the one who's going to come and crush the head of the serpent. It wasn't any of these Old Testament characters, right? They, they were good in some ways, but they failed with Jesus. He's the one. He is the God of the mountain. And what I love about Jesus is he doesn't stay there. He doesn't say, yeah, Peter, get to work on those tabernacles. Like, this is where I, this is where I belong. No, he leaves the mountain to give an example because it continues. When they came to the crowd, so they leave the mountain, I guess they gathered disciples. When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him, and he said, Lord, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures. He suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could have a cure. I mean, imagine your parents, you know, you got this child, and you can't do anything for them, they can get encouraged. You bring them to Jesus' disciples, they can't do it, and so they come to Jesus, like, in this moment of need. Now, I'm sure Peter would be like, hey, get out of the way, this is, this is the God of the mountain, you know, like, make way for his glory. But Jesus stops, and he sees this guy in a moment of distress, a moment of hardship, a moment of dilemma. And he says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? And I don't think he's saying this to the Father. He's saying this to the disciples. He's saying this to everybody. But man, if only you had faith. He says, bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked him. Demon came out of him. And the boy was healed at once. And so I love this, this little, these stories that are put right next to me. Right? You've got the disciples who, Peter at least, he, he proclaims who Jesus is. He doesn't understand it. Jesus gives him a glimpse of who he is on the mountain. And then he takes him along down the mountain and says, okay, because I'm the God of the mountain, I have the glory, I have the power. Now I'm going to use that for the good of those around me. He sees a person in the moment of distress, and he becomes the God of the moment. And so I don't, I don't know where you are today. Um, for some of us, it is the God of the mountain kind of way. Breeze is blowing. Everybody in our family is healthy, job secure, like life is good. God, I'm so thankful, you know, we have this body around us. We can just praise you, sing of your love. And then for others of us, we're, we're in the rack. The waters are caving in, you know. We're, we're wondering, God, like, are you with me in the moment? Like, I saw you on the rim, but are you, are you here with me in the rack? And again, I, I don't know where you are. Um, but what I know, what Jesus says, is I'm with you in either place. And as we go through the seasons of life, you know, I'm always with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm your God. You are my people. So this morning, I hope that, that as we see the glory of Jesus, that if we don't know or we haven't realized that he's the one, he's the one who can forgive our sins. He's the one that can cover all of all of the bad stuff we've ever done. He can restore us into a right relationship with God. And we, we give our lives over to that. 
Or maybe we know that. We just need that reminder. And we just need to go back to Jesus and say, God, I know. I've forgotten. I've gotten distracted. But I, I want to come to you and, and praise you because you are the, the God of the mountain. But also we know that whatever we go through, he's the God in the moments of our greatest need. And each week we go to a table that reminds us of this fact. We take a piece of bread, we take a cup that reminds us of the suffering that Jesus endured on our behalf. But also opens the door of a promise that he will always be with us. If we put our faith in him, if we believe in him, and if we continue to walk in the light as he is in the light, we'll have fellowship with him and the love of Christ will come. So here now we got three tables set up right here behind the pillars. We're just taking a few minutes to get up, go to the table, and wherever you are, whether he's God of the mountain or the God of the moment, meet him at the table. Let me pray. God, we thank you for today. I thank you that as the thunder was rumbling this morning, um, you, you allowed that, that rain to push on and created the space for us to just gather right now, feel the breeze, to hear the birds, to hear the kids playing. Just a place where we together to give you glory because you deserve it. So, God, I pray that we become reflections of that glory. That as people see us, they see you working in us and through us. And God, we thank you for the table that we go to today, where we can meet you. That, uh, that you gave your life for us to make things right this morning. So God, let us live that out this week. Let's stand, let's go. That's it for this time. Thank you for checking in with us, and we'll be back with another episode next week.